Hello and welcome to Coffeehouse Questions. This is Ryan Polly. It has been a busy time of the year. I'm sure it has been busy for you with Christmas parties and everything getting ready. For me, it was preparing for the end of the semester, giving and grading final tests and getting grades in. So it has been a busy time and I apologize that Podcasts have not come out recently as much as I would have liked, but now I'm on Christmas break, hopefully getting a lot more videos coming out soon on YouTube. But let me play for you this week is a conversation I had on YouTube, a podcast I recorded on gender and gender identity and postmodernism in our culture. So I hope you enjoy this conversation I first had on YouTube Live. As we begin to um, kind of look at the culture, right, the question that has been on my mind for a while now is, uh, right, right, how do we engage the culture that has a very different view of gender than the Christian view probably, uh, or does have a different view than the Christian view does, but how do we understand them? How can we help them to understand us, and how can we actually engage this topic in a beneficial way? And so I, I've done some videos in the past where I talked about uh, the, the Christian view of what I think gender is, and I actually addressed someone who, who claimed that the Bible supports transgenderism and, and worked through this. And so you can find those videos on my YouTube channel where I, I discuss about transgender, uh, transgender people in the Bible. Uh, but what I think Scripture is saying and the biblical view is that there is this connection between your your gender and your biological sex and and that is something that in our culture today is not seen as uh as as a, an agreed upon definition i guess you could say for right now and so um my question then has been okay from a cultural perspective uh, from um the kind of the lgbtq community my question is how do we define gender and specifically gender identity and and as I've been wrestling with this question, I, I, I've had other thoughts, as I mentioned, kind of come into this. And, and I really think the postmodern idea really helped me. But I, I've recognized that, look, in our culture, if you define gender identity and, and connect it to biological sex and say that your biology determines your gender, that is uh, not looked upon favorably. Right. I think that's a nice way of saying it. Like, no, you can't just say because someone is biologically this because gender is different. And, I, and then my question then becomes, OK, if gender is different, then how do we define gender? So when we talk about gender, female or male, uh, man or woman, uh, when, from gender identity, how do we then define it if it's not defined as biology? And I think that's where then some people may say, well, it's kind of based on these social constructions. However, in my videos before, I've talked about where I think that that then creates its own set of issues where if you're going to say, well, based on these socially constructed ideas of gender, which, by the way, are socially constructed. Now, I wouldn't agree that all of them are, but many of them are like boys like blue and girls like pink and guys wear pants and girls wear dresses like that's that's not true. Just because you wear a dress doesn't make you a woman and just because you wear pants doesn't make you a man. And this idea that guys like sports and girls like dolls or something, right? These are social constructions that we have created that don't fit. And so I think that if you're going to say, okay, your your gender is is determined by these socially constructed ideas that if you do X, Y, and Z, therefore that's what your gender is, I think we would also say, no, hold on, you can't uh, define gender in that way, uh, because then that would kind of make you a sexist, right? And, I, and I've talked about this where I said, you know, if if I were to say, look, because you cook, therefore you're a woman, well, hold on, you can't do that. And I wouldn't. And so then my question then becomes, okay, how do we then define gender male and gender female if it's not based on biology and it's not based on socially accepted roles? How then do we define it? 
And I asked this question actually to my high school students, and as they continue to think through and try to come up with ways to, to which we define, uh, they said, well, maybe it's based on attraction, that opposites attract, right? That, that, that a guy would be attracted to a girl, and so if you are attracted to a girl, that makes you male. But then that seems to discredit an entire community, right, uh, where, uh, you know, with, with gays and lesbians, that we would not say that because someone is attracted to a girl, therefore they're men, because we have girls who identify as girls who are attracted to girls, so then how do we identify gender? So my question really is what I'm really trying to, to come to. And if you're watching this, I would love for you to comment because I, I, this is the question I still have. As I, as I mentioned in, 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 in kind of the notes at the bottom is that I still have one question that I don't think has been answered is that when someone says I identify as woman, even though I may be a biological man, right? If that's the, the comment that the person is making, my question is, well, what do you mean by woman? What defining characteristics and attributes do you attach to the word woman or female that that is how you feel? I feel like a woman trapped in a man's body. Well, what does woman mean to you? And, and what is the kind of agreed upon uh, definition that when you say, I feel like a woman, that I'm supposed to understand that word to mean so I know what it is that you are explaining to me? That's the question that I have yet to answer because, or to have answered. Because in my mind, again, going through kind of some of the options, if you say, I feel like a woman, but woman means biology, well, you're, you're not. And so obviously you say, well, no, this is what I feel not what I necessarily am biologically. Okay, so then what do you feel that, that you are attaching to woman? And maybe it is based on these socially constructed ideas, but I don't think that would work because again, we would not say, because I cook, I feel like a woman because that, no, that's sexist to say that that's how the way it works. So we can't do that either. And I think that's where in the culture you get to where you really have, well, it means whatever you want it to mean. And that's why my high school students who are right now going through the college application process just applied for UC schools. And they said there's something like 30 or 40 different options for gender, because if gender is whatever you want it to be or however you identify, then you can't actually put a number on what exactly it is. Therefore, we have 30 or 40 options plus the option of other if none of those actually fit. And I think from sometimes Christians see this and go, that's crazy. How can we, what is going on here? This is complete nonsense. And so you have that side and then you have the other side maybe saying like, you don't understand what I'm trying to go through. And that's where I'm trying to bridge this gap. And I'm trying to understand this. And I think that as I taught through postmodern philosophy this week with my high school students, this uh, maybe became a lot clearer to me. And that is what I want to share with you in the time that we have together. And so I, I covered a section in my, in my high school worldview class, recovering the postmodern worldview, and it talking about the key characteristics of postmodernism. And the first one being language is a key characteristic that postmodernists have to, uh, that, that we, we, we need to talk about. Right. And, and, and as our textbook talked about and as we discussed is that, that postmodernists will claim that language is the best place to start because language really describes human experience and it really shapes how we think. Right. So so language is shaping how we think because you're thinking in a language. Right. As you're thinking about what I'm having to say, you're thinking in a language. And so your language is shaping your thoughts and that shapes your approach to life. 
And so the, the greater command you have of a language, then the, the greater your ability is to think more accurately, right? So I have young nieces and nephews, and my, my niece is a year and a half years old. She's barely beginning to talk. And I recognize that she has a difficult time talking. She probably doesn't have a deep thoughts about things because her language level is, is restricting her. And so I think we understand, and this makes a lot of sense, is that your, your language is going to limit uh, your ability to think accurately if you don't have the words to think about accurately. And so our book gave the example of, of how can Eskimos uh, think accurately about rain if they have never seen rain or, or, or kind of people who live in the rainforest think accurately about snow. Right? And that's where you kind of see these, uh, these, these clips of these unreached people tribes when they first see a plane that they think it's a bird. Because they just, they don't have it in their mind to even comprehend uh, what a plane could be. And so we have this understanding that, that language is going to shape our reality. And so a postmodernist is going to then take that and say, because language shapes our thoughts, there are things and there are thoughts. And so if I can kind of illustrate this maybe by using my phone, if you are listening on podcast YouTube, you can see this. But, but here's this thing here. And then I'm going to have thoughts about this. And the thoughts that I have about this are what I'm going to be communicating to you. So from a postmodern worldview, I'm not actually talking about this. Here's kind of the extreme view. I'm not actually talking about this. I'm not describing the characteristics and the properties of this. I'm simply using my culturally constructed language that is shaping the thoughts that I have about this thing. And now I'm sharing my thoughts with you. And so that's within a postmodern philosophy. You have this idea of structuralism that, that our knowledge is not based on the facts of reality, but based on the thoughts that we have. And then it takes it one step further with this post-structuralism idea that actually says, all we have are interpretations. I am interpreting the world around me based on my personal subjective culture and experience and family and history and everyone has a different language. Everyone has a different culture, family, history, and, and experience. And so they are going to interpret the world differently. And how can we actually know whose interpretation is the right one? I have my thoughts. You have your thoughts. Neither of us can accurately represent reality because all we have is our, our, our thoughts that are constructed by our language that we talk about reality, but it's not the actual details and characteristics of reality. And then that's where we get this problem. And so th this leads into this, as I just mentioned, this post-structuralism, where language then moves beyond how it functions to actually its use. And so we only know the world, how we interpret it. And so we're not actually talking about the properties of a thing, but our understanding of it that is socially constructed. And so then this is where I think this all ties together. That then because language shapes the way we think, then our manipulation of language can change the way people think. So if I, if we cut words out of our vocabulary, like let's just say somehow we could eliminate the word phone from our English vocabulary, then you are going to have a completely different thought about the thing that I'm holding in my hand right now. And then if I, as maybe the one in charge, can... can switch out the words and I give you a different word that we're going to use for this thing that I'm actually now shaping your your thoughts. I'm shaping your thinking. That is a powerful tool. And that's why then from a postmodern philosophy, language then becomes a tool of oppression. 
And so the the powerful are shaping the words that we use, they're shaping the language that we have, that is shaping the way that we think, and that is oppressing us to fit into a structure that they want us to fit into, not necessarily the structure that is true. And so here's how I think this helped me as I went through this again. And I've taught this class before, but as I went through it again, after having these thoughts that I shared at the beginning on gender with you, why things made maybe a lot more sense to me. From the postmodern culture that we're living in that has this idea of subjectivity, right now, now kind of even taking a step back, hold on a second before I get onto that, is that now because all I have is my interpretation, because I can't actually talk about the properties of the thing that exists, and I can only talk about my thoughts that I have about the thing, everything becomes subjective, everything becomes relative, everything becomes little t truth, and then that's why we hear these comments like, that may be true for you, but that's not true for me. Why are you, why are you trying to push your thoughts on me? And we obviously don't take this approach, I think most people, when it comes to things like math and science. We do believe in this realism when it comes to that word, or, uh, when that, when that area of math. But when it comes to things like religion and morality, we really have this in our culture, this idea of anti-realism, that there either isn't this real world, there isn't this actually thing that is real that exists, uh, or if there is, we can't access it. And, and I showed my students just a conversation I had on Twitter uh, two days ago where I was having a conversation about objective morality with an atheist. And I finally tried to use the, and he used the example that because we disagree on something that shows that truth and morality is not objective. If it were objective, we would all agree. And so then I gave the example. I said, okay, imagine if I'm doing the budget and I decide at the end of doing the budget, or I f figure out by doing the math that there is $58 left in my bank account at the end of the month. And my wife does a budget and she says, no, there's $75. I said, are you saying that because we disagree, therefore that becomes subjective and we're both right? And he says, no, because numbers, bank accounts, math, that's real. You can go check that out to figure out if who's right and who's wrong. Morality is not. And I think there is the big point that we have separated this idea that, that math and science in these areas are real. And so you can actually test and experiment and, and figure out who's right and who's wrong in these areas. But when it comes to morality, it's not actually real. And so all we have is our interpretation of, of the world that we see. We only have the subjective world and therefore it becomes true for you, but not for me. Why can't we all just see to get along. So now getting back to this question of gender identity that I've been working through for a long time. We asked this question of gender. Does gender have a defining characteristic and property that is real that we are all able to access? I think the Christian would say, yes, in the world of realism, Gender does have a defining characteristics and properties. You can look at the anatomy and biology of a person, and that is going to identify gender. And obviously, there are some abnormalities. There are, there are intersex individuals, but there are still ways to do tests and to figure those out. But we also never make the rule based on, uh, based on the exception. When it comes from the postmodern worldview, and what I think we are seeing in our culture is that it's, it's not a realism that there are defining characteristics and attributes 
about the word male or the word female when it comes to gender identity, but instead what we're talking about right here, where you actually cannot access the defining characteristics and properties of a thing. You can't actually talk about the properties of the thing. All you can talk about is your own understanding of that thing. And so then it becomes, well, you Christians have the understanding that gender male, female, is connected to biology. But I have a different understanding. And then when you try to take your understanding of something and force it on someone else, then you are being oppressive, right? And, and I would agree with this. If, if I have my understanding about something subjective, like chocolate is gross, and I try to force everyone to agree with me, then that is me trying to use my authority, maybe as a teacher, to oppress my students, to, to brainwash them into thinking that chocolate is gross when it's not. Some people like it. I don't know why. No, I do, I do know why. I just don't like it. Um, but I understand that. But we would never take that same approach when we are in math class, just like in the Twitter conversation that I had, where I am, am saying that two plus two is four, and no one would say, no, there's not a real world of math. That is just your understanding of the world, and you trying to force your understanding on me, that's being oppressive. No one would say that. And so from the Christian perspective, that's what we're trying to say is we're trying to say, look, we are looking at the topic of gender in the same way that someone would look at the topic of math, that there is a real world that we can actually test, that we can study, that we can see. And this is going to give us our defining characteristics and properties of things. And then we are explaining those things to everyone else and saying, this is the real world. This is how it is. But then also trying to understand where that other side is coming from, because from the postmodern view, we can't actually access that. And so, no, that is just your understanding that has been shaped by your culture, your culture, your religion, your upbringing has shaped you to think that male, female is connected to biology, and it's not. It's not connected to that. And then for you to try and force your opinion on us, then that is oppressive. Why can't you just let people think the way that they want to think? Right? And then that's why, as I mentioned, we have, I think, so many different options on the college applications. And we have so many different options when we look at these different areas. And so then that comes back to my question that I have is, okay, if the Christian is wrong, if this simply is my understanding, then how do we define gender female? How, how do we define male? How do we define female when it comes to this idea of gender identity? And then someone says, well, it's, it's defined however you want, but just don't force your opinion on us. And then that comes back to my question is, if this means whatever I want it to mean, then how can we actually have a conversation, then when someone were to, if someone were to tell me, I feel like a woman trapped in a man's body, then my question is, oh, I want to try to understand them. What does it mean to feel woman? What does it mean to feel like a man? What, what, what properties are you attaching to that word? What definition are you attaching to that word that can help me understand what it is that you are going through, what it is that is going on so that we can actually have a conversation, right? And so, Rather than fighting, rather than just having this all-out brawl uh, of, of 
whose definition is is right, as I often try to say, this does come back to a worldview issue. This does come back to, okay, which worldview makes sense? Because if the postmodern worldview is true, then this is how we should look at the world, that there is an anti-realism, that there is no real world in which has defining properties. And all we are talking about is our thoughts. And then for me to force my thought on someone else would be me trying to control them. But if the Christian worldview is true, then there is a real world with definitions and defining characteristics and properties that we do talk about and we can express and that remain the same no matter what we think or feel about them like math. And so this is where we, we sometimes, I think, have to take the step back and have that worldview conversation. Postmodernism from the very beginning is self-refuting, right? To, to, you know, we, we, we tell people, well, that's just your interpretation, right? That's just, that's true for you, but that's not for me. But what they're doing is they're making true statements about reality. They're saying that you cannot access the real world, but somehow they've accessed the real world to know that you can't access the real world. Postmoderns say that everything is subjective except for this, then how that you're making an objective statement that everything is subjective. And of course, someone comments, wait, this could come back to worldview? Never knew that. Yeah, absolutely. Right? It, it's the how we approach this conversation. It's how we approach this. Everyone has our view of the world. And so we, we don't just say, well, everyone's view of the world is right, because obviously the, the, the general consensus of our culture, I would say, is, is saying that the Christian worldview is wrong in, the, in their approach when it comes to gender. And so we're saying, look, everyone's view is right. Just don't oppose your view on anyone else. But we're saying that there is this moral standard that you should not oppose your morality on anyone else. Well, wh where, how does that become an objective standard? What if I said, well, that's just true for you, but that's not true for me. I am going to oppose my morality on everyone else. And they would say, well, that's true for you. Okay, good. That's true. I'm going to do it. Well, no, you can't do it. Why not? And so hopefully we see that, that postmodernism has a lot of issues, right? That there are these contradictions, that, that it is making objective statements about reality while saying it can't make objective statements reality. It's, people are writing books, uh, teaching on postmodern ideas, but then in their books, they teach us deconstructionism, which I've talked about before, but in a different way of, of that words can't actually be known to accurately describe the world around us. And so all that matters is our interpretation of a text, not the author's original intent. Well, okay, then why are you writing a book? Because I guarantee you, if I read that book and I interpret that book to be teaching that Christianity is true, they're going to say, well, your interpretation's wrong, right? And so these are the questions I think that people aren't asking. And instead, as I probably talk about a ton on here, if you've listened to the podcast, I guess the, the YouTube live streams are new, is that we, we're fighting about how we define things, how we interact with things. And I think taking the step back and recognizing the worldview differences, recognizing how the, our worldviews are shaping the way that we think is what is coming back to this. And so uh, that's kind of what I wanted to present. And, and, and again, ask this question to you of, do you have an answer to my question? This is me also just seeking help from you and me kind of getting my thoughts out there is that, if we agree with the culture, uh, if, we, if we take this cultural understanding, how do we actually define male and female? Because I think any time we then take 
a property, an attribute, a definition, and attach it to that word, you are now eliminating a certain group of people, and that would be considered hateful and oppressive, and you are now defining that word to be in a certain way. Or is it that in every single conversation, I have to ask, when someone says, you know, I, I, I identify as a female, I have to ask, well, what do you mean by female? Right? I think that they are trying to communicate something to me. But if I assume what you mean by female is something, then again, that's me making these kind of assumptions. And so that's really the question that I kind of keep coming back to is, is how would someone in that community define this word? Uh, how can we have this conversation? And then hopefully my goal then is pointing people back to the truth because obviously I'm here, I'm defending the Christian worldview, uh, thinking that is, is true and believing it's true. And I think there's good evidence to believe that it's true. And so now it's pointing people back to the truth that, that just because uh, let's say if, if it's because, you know, I, I feel like a woman that's uh, trapped in a man's body. Well, what does it mean to feel like a woman? What, what are you talking about? Well, I, I enjoy doing things that are generally more feminine. Okay. I understand this is going on, but just because you enjoy doing more feminine things, that doesn't make you woman. Or as my student said, you know, gen you know, generally speaking, women are more kind of emotional and men are more logical. Well, I know women who are very logical. And I know men who are more emotional, right? But hopefully we understand that, that God has created us uniquely in his image and that just because you are more emotional, that doesn't mean that you are something different than what you were created to be. Right? So whether it's going along with gender social norms that don't actually define the gender that we are, because we, again, we would see that just because someone cooks doesn't mean that they're a woman. And just because someone's a CEO doesn't mean that they're a man, right? We understand that these are socially constructed gender norms that, that aren't true. And it's sexist to say. <laughs> um, how do we bring people back to this question of helping them recognize, no, you are a human being created in the image of God. God has made you unique with different, uh, with different interests, with different personality types, with different things. But just because you like different things or just because you feel a different thing doesn't make you something different. And so, uh, again, so the comment that just came in, like how I like doing things uh, more that boys like. Exactly. Just because you like doing things that boys like to do doesn't mean that you are a boy. Some of those are socially constructed, but you can be a woman who likes doing things that guys normally do and still be a woman. And I think that even the transgender community would agree with that because again, your, your gender is what, how you identify. And so if you identify as a woman, but you enjoy doing these things, then, then you're still a woman. And so hopefully helping people recognize, okay, so then what do we mean when we have this gender confusion, right? When there is this confusion of what my gender is, how can we draw people back to reality, the truth of who we are, and who God has created us to be. And a lot of that comes down to basic worldview conversation of which worldview is actually true, which one makes more sense. But hopefully where all of these conversations come down to is not shooting people down because they use words in a way that you don't use them or destroying them or d dismissing them. But hopefully it is having honest, deep, loving conversations, trying to understand the person, what they are going through, and then bringing them back to what is actually true, right? And so that's my goal. And that's where I'm sharing my kind of confusion, my thoughts with you. Uh, and, and hopefully I didn't just confuse you more, but I just thought, man, as I taught through 
this idea of postmodernism, that there are no capital T truths uh, out there, uh, that um, subjected, you know, what's good is bad is based on the situation, that, you know, we're not actually talking about the properties of a thing, but just our understanding of it. Um, this idea is, has shaped us in incredible ways to, to think about issues that are extremely meaningful in our culture, that, that have a huge effect on people's lives. And uh, both everyone should agree that, that this issue is having an effect on people's lives. And so if we truly care about people, we need to think about this issue more clearly. And so hopefully, no matter who you are, hopefully whoever's watching this, whether you agree with me or disagree, hopefully something has been said that, that seems to make sense. Something has been said that can, that can draw this conversation back to a closer middle ground that can help people understand each other more fully, to have more loving conversations, to, to come to better understanding of where we're at. So um, I feel like at this point I'm rambling, so I'm going to sign off if there are no more comments or questions. Um, but... Uh, Hopefully this helped. Hopefully, as I just have been wrestling through this issue and adding a few things, hopefully that has helped you uh, think through this as well. And again, please comment, please, uh, please follow, please subscribe, please check out what I'm doing because I'd love to hear your thoughts to continue to shape the way uh, that I think about these issues and to think more clearly on things that truly do matter. Because again, that's the point. That's what I want to do here is think about things that matter, help other people think about things that matter, uh, and point people to the truth and ultimately the truth of Christianity. So I'm glad as the comment came in that this helps a lot. I'm glad that helps and um, hopefully I can continue helping. Well, thank you all so much for listening. And I really do want to continue helping. And that is the plan to move forward into 2020. And there are some big ideas and goals that I have. And for that, I finally do need some help. And that's why I've been trying to reach out to get some help recently on Patreon. And I have that Patreon account you can find on the website, as well as started a giving opportunity on Facebook to try to end in 2019 strong and, and go move forward into 2020, making and producing more content to help you guys out. So if you would consider Coffeehouse questions for your end of the year giving, I would truly appreciate that. Hope you guys have an awesome Christmas, a great time, and God bless. Sip coffee, think deeply. This is Coffeehouse Questions with Ryan Pauly. Just you won't hesitate to follow your